take it and turn to the book of John, the gospel of John, John chapter number 8. And as you're turning there, if you're able to stand uh, out of reverence and respect for the word of God. John chapter 8, and uh, we're going to be in verses 31 and 32. John chapter 8, verse number 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Lord, we're grateful again for the privilege of being in your house together today on the very first Lord's Day of 2021. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would just mightily bless this time together in your word. Uh, Help me as I preach, Lord, to say the things you want me to. Help me to not say the things that you don't want me to. Uh, Please guide and direct me. Please hide me behind the cross. May people not be so focused on me that they lose the message. Um, And Lord, I ask that uh, you would change our lives because of our time in your word today. pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So once again, I do want to welcome you to a brand new year. And uh, while I can't promise you that this year will be better than the last as far as circumstances go, I can promise you this, that, the, that God will remain the same no matter what happens. Aren't you glad for that? You see, He will remain faithful. The Word of the Lord declares in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 9, It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, God's not going to change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 1 John 1.9 declares his faithfulness as well. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Revelation 19 and verse number 11 declares that not only is he faithful, but that is his name. John here, the, uh, the Apostle John is writing this, and he says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. So, no matter what happens this year, God is and always will be faithful. And while that's a comforting thought this morning, and it is, There's another thought I want to share with you, and that is a follow-up to that thought. You see, no matter what happens this year, yes, God will be faithful, but also, no matter what happens this year, God's desire for all of his people is that we too will be faithful. In other words, the Lord wants us to just simply continue and to be faithful. Uh, Brother Dan, on Wednesday night, encouraged us to be not weary in well-doing. 
and to not faint. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 2, uh, Paul here writing, he says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found successful, wealthy, popular. No, none of those words are used. The word that's used here is faithful. You see, God desires that his people would be faithful no matter what circumstances are going on around us. Proverbs 20 and verse number 6, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Uh, most men will talk about how wonderful they are and how great they are and what they're, what they're going to do. Then he says, but a faithful man who can find. In other words, it's a rare thing to find someone who's actually going to continue, who's actually going to be faithful. As I think about the early church, one of their most admirable qualities in my mind is that they simply continued and they were faithful even in the midst of serious persecution. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, right after those 3,000 souls were saved and baptized on the day of Pentecost, right, uh, day of Pentecost, right after that in verse 42 it says this, and they continued steadfastly. Not only did they continue, but they were steadfast in their continuance and their faithfulness. Uh, verse 46, it says, and they continuing daily. They just were simply willing to continue and to be faithful and to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Several places in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, we uh, find that we are encouraged to simply continue to be faithful. Today we're going to look at several. Now this is, as I mentioned at the earlier part of the service, this is a two-part message. And so we're going to cover two of those instances, those places in the Bible where we're encouraged to continue. And then we'll look at a few more this evening. So uh, do please plan to come back. Okay, so let's dive in. In what areas should we continue in no matter what is going on around us? Well, first of all, in our text this morning, we see that we are to continue in the Word of God. We are to continue in the Word of God. In verse number 31, Jesus, uh, again, if you have a red letter Bible, you'll see that these words are in red, meaning that Jesus was the one who said these. And he said in verse 31, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. As we get started in this new year, one of the most important areas of faithfulness that we need to be sure to focus on this year is in our relationship with God's word. It's absolutely important if we're going to stay faithful to the Lord this year, it's only going to be if we stay faithful in God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, as uh, Paul writes to uh, his protege, Timothy, his son in the faith, and he said this in verse 14, he said, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So we are to continue in the Word of God, how do we do that? How do we continue in the Word of God? How can we be faithful in the Word of God? Well, first of all, we need to look at the Word of God. We need to look at the Word of God. It's important for us to take time to read God's Word, to be in God's Word on a regular, and I would even say daily basis. 
John chapter 5 and verse 39 says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. It's important for us to be in God's word. Uh, most of you, uh, well, we're in day number three of the year 2021. And uh, I've mentioned uh, several times since arriving here at Cornerstone that it is possible to read through the Bible by spending only about 10 to 15 minutes each day in the Word of God. Um, I think that no matter how busy everybody is in this room, we can all find 15 minutes to be in God's Word. If it is this important, if it is indeed the Word of God, uh, we can find time, we can carve out 15 minutes of our day and put aside Facebook, put aside the news, put aside some of the entertainment that we have in our life to give God 15 minutes. I believe all of us could do that. I want to encourage us this year to continue in the Word of God. The way to do that is we've got to look at the Word of God. Uh, we do have uh, back on the back table some of these Bible reading uh, schedules, a one-year Bible reading schedule that will take you through the entire Bible this year. It has little uh, check marks that you can check off to say that you've done it if you need that in your life, if you're a list person. Uh, some of you do it on your phone and you have an app that does that and many apps are available that will allow you to do that. I would encourage you, it's not too late to start if you haven't started yet. It's easy to do if you do it every day. If you let several days go by, it gets a little more difficult. And so I want to encourage us to take the time to look at the Word of God. We all have eyes that work. Well, most of us do anyway. Uh, and uh, most of us have the ability to do this. Uh, I've mentioned the story of that one man who had, uh, who had just become a Christian, and, and he was excited to read the Word of God, and, and uh, there was an explosion that took place, and he lost his eyesight in that explosion. And one of the biggest bummers and downers for him was the fact that he wasn't able then to read the Word of God. And then he had the idea that he could uh, maybe use Braille. Well, the, the nerve endings in his fingers were damaged in that explosion as well, and he wasn't able to uh, use Braille, but um, he thought, maybe I, could, maybe I could feel it with my, with my lips. And then, and then his tongue stuck out a little bit, and he was able to feel those little bumps with his tongue. He learned how to read Braille using his tongue, and, and the person who wrote the book about the story, this guy had read through the Bible using his tongue on Braille four times. And yet we sometimes are so busy, we can't read God's word for 15 minutes a day. I want to encourage us to look at the word of God this year. Make it a priority. Make it uh, an essential like, hey, I'm not getting out of bed. Uh, you know, when, when we were in Bible college, we, uh, someone said this, no Bible, no breakfast. If, if I don't take the time to read God's word and consume the wonderful words of life that we sang about, then... I have no business putting physical uh, Fruit Loops in my body, okay? And uh, the, that was a good encouragement uh, for me uh, back in those days. So how are we going to continue in the Word of God this year? First, we've got to look at the Word of God. Then we need to linger on the Word of God. We need to linger on the Word of God. In other words, uh, take time to dwell on it. Don't just read it and go, okay, well, that's that. I'm going to move on with my day. No, the Word of God needs to be in our hearts, be in our minds throughout the day. 
Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. I know we have other things to think about. I get that. But while we're going through our day, let's let the word of God come back into our minds and, and uh, think about the things that we read earlier in the morning. We need to be lingering on the word of God. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Nothing fits that those qualifications quite like the Word of God. Uh, those are the things we need to be thinking about. But the problem is we're thinking about all the things that we're watching on the news. Uh, we're thinking about all the drama that potentially is going on in our, in our lives. And, and uh, we get worried and we get fretful and, and anxious about those things. Instead, we need to be dwelling on the Word of God, lingering on the Word of God. So we need to look at the Word of God. We need to linger on the Word of God. Thirdly, we need to learn the Word of God. We need to learn it. Uh, it's not enough to just read it and say, oh, I've read my Bible. Uh, God wants us to be students of the Word of God, to know His Word. Uh, the problem is we know more about celebrities than we know about the Word of God. And that's a sad uh, state of affairs. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I realize that this verse was written to a pastor. And so I certainly need to be the one studying. But this is a principle that needs to be not just for uh, the called pastors, but for believers too. God wants us all to be grounded and to be rooted in the truth. Uh, so we need to learn the word of God. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 16. Here's an instance where we see the word continue. It says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt save, both save thyself and them that hear thee. And again, this was written to pastors. Yes, I need to take heed unto myself. And yes, I need to continue in doctrine. But guess what? It's not just, again, for the select few special pastors. No, it's for everybody. We all need to grow in doctrine. We all need to know the truth. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, this early church, the early church, that's exactly what they did. I mentioned, uh, and they continued steadfastly. Well, guess what they continued steadfastly in? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, they were learning the word of God. They were uh, getting an understanding of what the Bible had to say about different issues and about different truths of who God is and about salvation and about eternity and, and, and on it goes. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They were interested in learning the word of God. I, I hope that you, you know, a lot of people in 2020, you know, learned a new skill or, you know, learned a new hobby and, and uh you know, the Armstrongs, you guys learned a bunch about remodeling this year, uh, you know, and you guys did a lot of that. And uh, that's good to learn a lot of those things. But guess what? In 2021, let's not neglect learning the word of God this year. I, I hope maybe you can, you know, learn a new language. I'm still working on learning how to speak Oki. Uh, I'm working on it. And uh, hopefully in 2021, I'll get it. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get the accent just right, but uh, maybe I can get the words right. Uh, thank you. Okay. 
Yeah, ain't no way I'm going to ever talk like that. Uh, Lord, help me to ever never talk like that. <laughs> uh, but we need to continue learning the Word of God and increasing our knowledge. Um, Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 6, uh, a very sad verse. Here the Lord said to his people, he said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They, they, they didn't understand the word of God. They didn't understand the history that had taken place. And as a result, they were kind of repeating history. And uh, they, they, they didn't have the knowledge that they should have had. May the Lord not say to us here at Cornerstone, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. May we all increase in knowledge uh, like what Peter said, the last words out of Peter's, um, the last words that he wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is something we're all to continue growing in. Uh, some of you have been saved for, for decades, and you have a tremendous knowledge, and, and great, but guess what? Uh, the Bible is so deep that even the, 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 the most intelligent and educated scholars still not going to get to the bottom of it. So keep growing in your knowledge. Uh, there's... Uh, we do have a ministry uh, that, take place, that takes place uh, here at church and, and online as well. I'm not sure if they're going to do it online anymore, but uh, FBI, uh, Faith Bible Institute, it's a great uh, three-year uh, course through the Word of God to help you learn it. Uh, and uh, Brother Terry's back there. He can give you more information on it. Uh, he leads that up for us and uh, is a blessing in doing so. Um, learn the Word of God. Find ways... Look, we have more resources and content out there right now than ever before in history. We really have zero excuse for not growing in our knowledge, for not learning the Word of God. I mean, it's easy. There's videos. There's, and, but I would, do, would say this and warn you to be careful on who you're learning from. Uh, there is a lot of teachers out there who are wolves in sheep's clothing who uh, act good and seem good. Be careful, be discerning on who you're learning from, but do learn the Word of God and uh, be in the Word of God and learn it. So how are we to continue in the Word of God? We're to look at it. We're to linger on it. We're to learn it, and then we're to love it. You should have a love for this book. It's a natural thing. Again, as we sang them, or sang the song, Wonderful Words of Life. I mean, just something that I just enjoy the Bible. I delight in it. I love it. I think of the uh, psalmist in Psalm 119 who multiple times in this very lengthy chapter said that he loved the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 97, he said this, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Again, going back to the lingering. It's something that I'm thinking about, and as a result, it's, it's created this delight in me. I, I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, verse number 113 says this. Um, he said, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Verse 119 says, Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross, therefore I love thy testimonies. Verse 127, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold. Yea, above fine gold. And then verse number 167 of this chapter says, My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I want to encourage you to develop a love for the Word of God, a enjoyment, 
Now, again, not every morning you're going to wake up going, oh, great. I get to spend some time in God's word. Not every morning you're going to feel like doing that. But it's important and it needs to be done. And as you do that, you will begin to love it more and more as time goes on. And so we see we need to look at the word of God, linger on it, learn it, love it. And then lastly here, we need to live it. We need to live the word of God. Look, you can look at it all day long. You can learn every word in it. You can memorize the entire Bible. You can love knowing the fact that you know it. But if you don't live it, it really does no good. Joshua 1.8, we already mentioned this verse. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. But the purpose of doing that is so that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, the idea of reading God's word and dwelling upon it and lingering on it is for the purpose that we would actually go out and live it. Mary said in John chapter 2, verse 5, as Jesus was about to perform his very first public miracle there at the wedding in Cana, Mary said to those servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You think uh, Nike was the first one to come up with just do it. Uh, Mary kind of, I think, uh, won, the, won the race there. Basically, hey, whatever God says for you to do, do it. As we read God's word and it's clear on what he wants us to do, let's be obedient to live it out. James 1.25, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. In other words, you're continuing in the word of God. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Do you want prosperity? Do you want success in this new year? I think all of us would say, absolutely. Yes, I want God's blessing upon my life. Well, God gives us a promise, and the uh, ingredients and the prescription and the formula for it, it's not through trying harder, it's through being obedient to God's word. That's really all it is. Uh, not, Not looking at God's word and saying, ah, Maybe some other day, maybe some other time, I'll get around to applying this to my life. No, saying, I'm going to change that, I'm going to change that now, and then you watch God bless. My Bible reading plan that I'm going through this year, I read this morning about Noah. I'm in Genesis, I think, I'm still in the middle of Genesis chapter number 7. But uh, I uh, I read this morning about Noah, and one thing that stood out to me today was his obedience to the word of God. And I think it was probably because I had this message on my mind as I was reading through it. But uh, he was obedient to God's word. In fact, his obedience is actually highlighted twice in in that passage. Once in chapter 6 and verse 22 where it says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So he didn't just know what the word of God said and, and said, well, I really like what God told me about, you know, building an ark. And that was just so special and so wonderful to have that experience in my life. He was willing to not just love it and know what it meant, but he was willing to do it as well. And uh, chapter 7, Genesis 7, 5 said, and Noah did according unto all that the Lord had commanded him. 
Could, could God say that about you? Could God say that about me? Uh, thus, uh, thus did Eric, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Could God say that about me? Could God say that about you? Noah and, and Eric did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. Could God say that about me? Could you put your name there? And Noah, he was an imperfect person. But he was willing to be obedient. He was willing to live out the word of God. Most of us know who George Foreman is. In his book, God in My Corner, the former heavyweight boxing champion writes, In 1974, before I went to Africa to fight Muhammad Ali, a friend gave me a Bible to take along on my trip. He said, George, keep this with you for good luck. So I believe the Bible was just a shepherd's handbook, probably because the only verse I knew was, the Lord is my shepherd. But he said, I was always looking for luck, so I carried that Bible with me. I had lucky pennies, good luck charms, and so I added the lucky Bible to my collection of superstitious items. Well, after I lost that fight, I threw the Bible away. I never even opened it. I thought the Bible didn't help me win, so why do I need it? I thought I'd get power simply from owning it. I didn't realize that I needed to read it and get this, believe what it says. Since then, I've come to understand that the Bible is my roadmap, not my good luck charm. I wonder if there's believers, oh, not in this church, of course, but out there who believe that well, I have a Bible, so therefore God should bless my life. No, the Bible is not just given for us uh, to increase our knowledge. Remember what Paul said, knowledge puffeth up. Yes, knowledge is important, but sometimes if that's all we have, then it's just going to puff up our, uh, you know, well, I know this, and I've heard this sermon before, and I could preach it better than you can. And we kind of get this, like, spiritual pride in our life but the the idea is the bible is not just given for our information it was also given to us for our transformation and that's only going to happen is if we take god's word believe it and then go and do it george foreman that's good preaching george <laughs> not only could he uh, throw a punch but he can preach as well now, here's the promise. Your Bible probably is still open to John chapter number 8. Here's the promise of Jesus for those who do continue to read the Word of God, who continue to be in God's Word. John 8.31 says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Here's the promise, verse 32. If you continue my word, you're going to know the truth. And guess what? The truth's going to make you free. You're not going to get all caught up in the hype going on around us. You're not going to be deceived by the lies that are happening, that are being told. You're not going to be swayed by all the news that's going on. You're going to be grounded and you're going to have some freedom. By the way, let me just say this. Real freedom is not being in America with the Republicans in charge. You see, we're not the only ones here in America that can have freedom. There are people all over this world in very, very horrible conditions who are living very free lives. Why? Because they know the truth. 
and the truth has set them free. Now, I am concerned about the freedoms that we do enjoy here in America, which is why I am encouraging you to spend some time and to uh, spend some time in prayer and fasting this week. But guess what? Let's say the worst happens. We can still have freedom. Oh, we may not have the freedom that we had before, but we can still have true, real freedom, the freedom that Jesus mentions here in verse 32. We're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to set us free. So this year, what should we continue in? First of all, we need to continue in the Word of God. Please don't neglect this one. Teenagers, read the Word of God this year, every day. You can do it, and it's worth it. It's worth it. Continue in the Word of God. But number two, not only are we to continue in the Word of God, we're also to continue in the house of God. For this, we're going to go over to Hebrews in chapter number 10. Hebrews in chapter number 10. Now, I will admit here, uh, the word continue does not exist in this particular passage. And so, I may be cheating a little bit. The rest of them all have the word continue in them as we finish the message tonight. Uh, this one doesn't. However, the principle of continuing, the, con the principle of faithfulness is definitely here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Uh, do you see the principle of continuing here where he says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. There's a reference to God's faithfulness that we mentioned at the very beginning of the message. Verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And then verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're to continue in the house of God. Uh, no matter what goes on around us, we need to, as God's people, continue to assemble, continue in the house of God. 1 Timothy 3 and verse number 15 says, If I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. See, the, word, the, the, the church, uh, the house of God, is extremely important. The Bible says it's the church of the living God, it's the house of God, it's the pillar and ground of the truth. And it was so important to the Lord that guess what? The Bible says that he gave himself for it. Jesus loved the church so much so that he gave his life for it. In Ephesians 5.25, uh, Paul says to husbands, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Acts 20 and verse 28 gives us a little bit more of a graphic description of just how Jesus gave himself for the church. And Paul here is encouraging pastors and tells them to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The currency that Jesus used to purchase the church was his blood. So it was that important to Jesus. How important is it to you? Now I realize I'm speaking to people who are here this morning and uh, to those who are tuning in. You're watching and you're engaged, and thank you for that. And so I'm preaching to the choir to, some, to, to a point here. But many 
American Christians in particular view church attendance as optional. I mean, I'll, I'll go if all the conditions are right. I mean, if the weather is good, if I feel like going, if there's something exciting happening, if there's going to be food, because after all, I am Baptist. I mean, if all of those things are checked, then I'll be there. If everybody's going to be nice to me, then I'll be there. And we view church attendance as optional, like, we, you know, we, 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 we view some of our medical appointments more important than we do the local church. I'm not saying your medical appointments aren't important, or your dental appointments aren't important. But guess what? What we're talking about here matters for eternity. Your teeth aren't going to matter for eternity. Now, I've been to my fair share of dentist appointments, and uh, I would be okay if I never had one again, but if I never have one again, I ain't going to have any more teeth. So uh, I better, and I have one coming up, actually. Bummer. I just remembered that. Why do I have to remember that right now? I don't know. But there's a lot of uh, families where the kids will ask mom and dad, are we going to church today? Are we going to church tomorrow? I, I really don't want my kids to ever ask that question. Now, they, they asked that question when we were going through COVID. You know, when can we go back to church? <sighs> I want to go tonight, but we can't. We're going to wait. I want to go tomorrow, but we're going to wait one more Sunday, and then we'll, we'll go back. The point is, your, your kids shouldn't wonder if mom and dad are going to church this Sunday or uh, during this particular service. In this passage, we see some emphasis here real quickly, and I want to just share a couple of them with you. There, first of all, there's an emphasis on faithfulness to assembling together. He says here in verse number 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, so evidently there were people uh, around them that were forsaking the assembling, that were becoming unfaithful to the uh, physical, in-person gatherings of God's people. By the way, the word church, when you look it up in the Greek, it is the word ekklesia, which means called out assembly. And there's a growing number of uh, Christian leaders who are trying to uh, say that we don't need to gather together, that we don't need to assemble together. I mean, just go be the church. The, the problem with that is, and while that sounds good to maybe some, it, it totally goes against Hebrews 10.25. Totally is contrary to the, uh, the writer's intention here. He said, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together." okay, well, we're going through a pandemic. So, therefore, we have the right now to go against the Bible. Now, again, I'm not trying to... Um, for those who are watching online who cannot come because of your health, uh, please, I understand your situation. I understand your scenario. And uh, I'm not uh, at all uh, trying to uh, make you feel bad for this. But... As we go through this pandemic and as we've seen what's been happening in churches on the West Coast and the East Coast that are being fined for assembling, um, it's, it's re caused me to be a little more resolved in the fact that we're not going to go against the Bible. I understand we may need to shut down for a time, and we've done that a couple times this, this past year already. But... Uh, we need to not just go virtual. 
We don't need to be a virtual church. We need this assembly. We need this together time. We need the in-person fellowship. Uh, You look in the early church, what they did couldn't be done via technology. Now, I realize they didn't have the technology back in those days, but still, technology cannot replace a how you doing, brother, when you look them in the eye. Now, why would God put this verse in the Bible? Why would God put this in here? I mean, it should be pretty natural for us to assemble together as believers. Could it be that he knew that one day we'd be tempted to quit and needed the reminder? Yeah, I think probably. Maybe it was written for us right now in 2021. As we still are going through this pandemic that... People say, oh, it's not going to be normal until the end of this year. And when we get to the end of that year, this year, they're going to say, well, we ran into some snags, so it's going to be a whole nother year. Well, when is it going to ever be normal? I don't know. I guess this is just normal now. But still, we want to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I remember going to church when I was a boy with my dad, and uh, there was a former... NFL player there. He played for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if we should really call him an NFL player because he played for the 49ers, but uh, uh, the Pee Wee League or something, I don't know. Um, but uh, he, had, he had quite a career for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and, and this church that we were going to brought him in to be a special speaker. He spoke after the service. You know, they had uh, opportunity to buy his poster and have him sign it. And uh, I remember having that happen. And then I remember making a comment to my dad. I'm like, man, this church is great. I, I really enjoy coming to church. And he looked at me and he said, Eric, I'm glad. But the, the truth is, it's not always like this. Can't always be, you know, big, exciting celebrities and, and uh, big, exciting things happening. You just need to be faithful, Eric, and keep coming when it's not this exciting. And that was a good encouragement to me as a young man. And, and I remember hearing that and going, you know, uh, I, I think he's not right because I think it's always going to be like this. But he was right. It wasn't always a big, exciting bells and whistles and fun and extravagant things and lights and cameras and big celebrities. It wasn't. Just be faithful. So there was an emphasis on faithfulness. And by the way, he says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But then later it says, and so much the more, not so much the less. As we go into this year, let's be more faithful to the house of God. And I realize that if you, uh, you know, are sick and all of those things, I get that. I think you understand where I'm coming from and all that. I believe there is a balance, but... But we need to, if we're going to err, I say let's err on following the Bible rather than just being fearful and protection. I'm kind of sick of the, out of the abundance of caution. How about out of the abundance of trying to obey the Bible? Now, again, I want to be balanced on the whole scenario. I do. And I understand that those who can't be here, I get it. But we also need to make sure that we're obedient to the Bible. And uh, so much the more. So much the more, not so much the less. Uh, This coming Wednesday night, we have our Bible study. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I did get the report on the attendance of last month's Bible study. It wasn't great. 
Let's, let's start the new year out right. Let's make sure we're in God's house when we can be. Uh, when, and, and to make it a priority. And to not look at it as optional. So there's an emphasis on the faithfulness. There's also an emphasis on the focus. I mean, what should our focus be when we come into the house of God? Well, many in American Christianity come to a church seeking what's in it for them. What ministries do you have that meet my needs and desires? You know, uh, what does a youth group do? I want to have a great youth group for my kids. And uh, what kind of children's ministry do you have? And what kind of music program do you have? Now, don't get me wrong. I do want Cornerstone to be a church that does help people and offers ministries for everyone to be helped. But the church was never meant to be a place where people came to be served. It was a place to serve. See, look at the emphasis here on the focus in verse number 24. What are we supposed to do when we go to the church? Verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works. We go to church, we're supposed to provoke one another. Now, we do that anyway, naturally. We provoke one another. Man, he gets under my skin. That brother, that sister... You know, I tell you what. No, the idea is that we're to provoke one another unto love and good works. We're to encourage one another to do the right thing and, 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 and to uh, grow in their walk with God. In verse 25, we also see this. One of the things we're supposed to be doing when we assemble together is we're to be, uh, as the manner of some is, exhorting one another. We're to be exhorting one another. And that's what I'm trying to do this morning. But guess what? I need you to do that to me too. And we need to be doing that to one another. We need to be exhorting one another and so much the more. Uh, it was John F. Kennedy who said this, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Uh, let's replace that with church. Ask not what your church can do for you. Ask what you can do for your church. That's uh, Eric Johnson quote right there. You can quote me on that one. Uh, John F. Kennedy had some real wisdom, and, and boy, it would be good if America got back to that statement instead of, hey, where's my stimulus package? Instead of that, let's, you know, hey, what can we do for our country? But as a church, we need to have that same mentality. Hey, I'm not in it for what's in it for me, but what I can do to be a blessing to others. So I would encourage us to come to church with the focus on how we can be a blessing to others, how we can serve, how we can exercise our spiritual gifts. Because, by the way, those spiritual gifts that uh, are listed in Romans and Corinthians, all of them have to do with serving others, not for me being served. So uh, how can I exercise my spiritual gift? How can we exhort others? How can we provoke others to love and good works? Very quickly, I, I read a poem this week about the church and, and how to kill it. Here's, here's, the, uh, here's the poem. If you want to kill the church, never go to your church or meetings held there. If you do go, be late. It's no one's affair. If their weather is bad, either too hot or snowing, just stay home and rest, for there'll be others going. But should you attend... Be sure and remember to find fault with the work, each official and member. Be sure to hold back on your offerings and tithes. Uh, the bills will be paid by the rest of the guys. And never take office if offered the post, but eagerly criticize work of the host. If not on a committee you're placed, be sore. But if you find that you are, don't attend anymore. When asked your opinion on this thing or that, have nothing to say. Just turn them down flat. 
Then after the meeting, shine out like the sun by telling the folks how it should have been done. Don't do any more than you possibly can. Leave the work for some other woman or man. And when you see faithful ones work themselves sick, then stand up and holler, it's run by a click. How to kill the church. That's true. There's a lot of truth in that poem. So there's an emphasis on the focus, but then there's also an emphasis on the future, and we're almost done this morning. There's an emphasis on the future, uh, Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, and here's the focus on the, uh, the emphasis on the future, as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. You see, the day of the Lord is Approaching, James 5, 8 says, Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, the next thing on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. It's imminent. It could happen at any time. It's the next thing on God's calendar. Uh, and yet, he's given us some clues, too, in, in the word of God uh, regarding some of the signs to be looking for. And boy, as you look at those signs and you look at the news, they are matching up left and right. The day of the Lord is coming soon. I hope it's in my lifetime. I hope it's this year. Um, but guess what? It is coming. And as you see the day approaching, that's not the time to go and hide and hunker down. That's the time to be faithful. This is the time to uh, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But so much the more. We're to be more faithful as time goes on and as we see that day approaching. We do see it approaching very quickly. Right before our eyes like uh, we haven't seen in recent years. So let's be faithful to the house of God. Let's continue in the house of God. Let's flip back over, if you would, please, very quickly. We're about done. John chapter 8, where we started this morning. John chapter 8. Verse number 38. I'm sorry, verse number 36. As we wrap it up this morning, I do want to end with this verse. We talked about true freedom by knowing the truth. Verse number 36. If the Son, therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. There's some here, someone in here or under the sound of my voice that has never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, never believed on Him for their salvation. You're not really free until you've been set free by the Son of God. Because you're still under the bondage of your sin and there's no way you're going to break out of those chains. Absolutely not. But uh, through Christ... He can break off those chains because he did it himself when he died on the cross and rose again to conquer death, hell, and the grave. And so if you haven't uh, started your relationship with Jesus Christ, I would encourage you on the very first Sunday of 2021 to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then for those of us who have been saved... As we go continue into this year, let's continue in the Word of God. Let's make it a top priority each and every day in our lives. Not just, a, well, I guess I probably should bring a Bible to church. Where is it again? Let's make the Bible a priority in our lives, individually as families, 
as well. Having time where we as a family gather together around God's word on a regular basis. Let's continue in the word of God, but then let's also continue in the house of God. Let's be faithful. We do have services. There's a lot of churches out there that have multiple services a week. But guess what? It's the same service that gets repeated over and over again. Uh, We have three, well, four services if you count Sunday school, and all of them are different. All of them have a different uh, flavor and a different emphasis. I would encourage you, if you possibly can, to be at every service throughout the week. I realize that work schedules, I understand that. But again, faithfulness so much the more as you see the day approaching. It was a stormy night in Birmingham, England. And Hudson Taylor was speaking, was supposed to speak at a meeting at the Severn Street schoolroom. His hostess assured him that nobody would attend on such a stormy night. But Hudson Taylor insisted on going. I must go even if there was no one but the doorkeeper. Well, less than a dozen people showed up that night, but the meeting was marked with unusual spiritual power. Half of those present either became missionaries themselves or gave their children as missionaries, and the rest were faithful supporters of the China Inland Mission for years to come because a man was willing to be faithful. He was willing to continue even when the circumstances were less than ideal. This year, I hope the circumstances are going to be Perfect for everybody. But guess what? All of us know that that's not going to happen. It's just not. Sorry. So, God wants us to be faithful because, again, He's faithful. Let's be faithful in His Word and let's be faithful to His house. Let's pray together tonight or this morning. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity on this first Sunday to 